Wow. I think Julie knew I was going to speak today, and she needed to do something to liven you up before I got up here. But it is, uh, it is uh, great to be able to uh, finish off the little deal we started last week. And by the way, our worship team and the group last week and today have done a great job. Let's give them a hand, shall we? I, could one of you guys get me? Yeah, oh, here we go. Praise God. And uh, they're, they're doing a great job, and we're excited about uh, what God has for the church. And it's interesting. I got a call on uh, Tuesday morning from Pastor Dale Oquist, who actually was going to kick off uh, our series on prayer next week. But uh, uh, he told me that uh, a good friend of mine had passed away. The pastor that he followed in the church in uh, Fresno, G.L. Johnson. I've known G.L. for years. Uh, we were on Dr. Cho's board together in Korea. And uh, when I preached at uh, in Fresno back in February, uh, GL was there, sharp. In fact, <clears throat> he was so sharp. The guy's 83, knows everybody's name. And uh, uh, he reminded me of something that happened in Korea about 20 years ago. We, I saw him coming. We were shopping at this place called Itiwan. And uh, it's quite an interesting place to go. And you get there early in the morning, try to get the first buy and bargain. And I said, GL, where'd you get the tie? It was a beautiful red tie, and he told me where, and I went back, and there wasn't any left. So uh, 20 years after the fact, when I was preaching out there in February, GL said, gee, Arnie, I should have brought you that tie because you didn't get it. But he got bile duct cancer and died just a few months. 83 years old. Really, uh, I, looked, I, I Googled him, looked up the news media reports in, in Fresno. It's a large church, five or 6,000 people on Sunday mornings. And uh, so what's happening... Uh, we're seeing some of the great men of God that I know and others of you know that are, are uh, going to be with the Lord. You know what happens? The clock keeps ticking, right? Hello. You know, mine has ticked for 65 years, probably a little longer than that because there was a gestation period in there. Are you there? See, I believe the heart starts ticking the minute conception hits. Amen? That's what this church believes. That's what we stand on. So in this process, uh, as some of us grow older, there has to be a wave of new leadership coming to the surface, right? That will carry the message, not sacrifice the message, but carry the message. And I'm proud today to have my son, Chad, and his wife, Amanda, here. Where are they? They're somewhere. Where are you, Chad? Stand up. There they are right over here. Uh, Chad and Amanda, they, they're young leaders. Uh, pastoring a great church in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, in a suburb called Sandy. And the church is growing, and they're uh, ministering to people. You can go online uh, and check them out, citychurchlife.com. Uh, Hope was talking about the baptismal service. And they, they make it a big party when they have a baptismal service. They bring in this big old, looks like a swimming pool. And right during their worship service, they're baptizing people, and they're seeing great things happen. And what has to happen in our country, and we have to raise up young leaders. Uh, even though Ryan is nearing the magic 40, he's still a young leader. Um, but we have to continually impart the message to our kids about America, what we stand for, who we are. And uh, so as some pass off, that there will be this continual building up of leaders who are building great churches, 
who are touching kids, touching cities. And uh, so that's really what it's all about. And actually, you saw the pain on my face. Uh, we have a great children's ministry here. In fact, they're having a great day today. Uh, and really, we want to build strong children. And if we build strong parents and grandparents and others that will teach the biblical principles, good things will happen. And our church is growing. Uh, uh, James Auten and his wife, uh, the Colts, are now grandparents again, right? Way to go. In fact, uh, George and his lovely wife had eight kids. And I guess their daughter said to her mom at the hospital, you went through this eight times, you know. And then uh, another one of our couples, uh, Eric and Heidi, uh, had, a, had a baby. And that's their sixth, seventh. And they're pushing toward that reality TV program. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's exciting. But, you know, the potential that we want to unlock, the beauty of America. Uh, you don't have to turn here with me, but you might want to underline this particular scripture. Just the last part of Luke chapter 12 and the 48th verse says this. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much shall be required. And to whom much is committed, of him they will ask more. Let me read that to you again. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to him who much is committed, of him they will ask more. I want to frame that today. I mean, exegetically, you could apply that particular verse uh, as the Bible is so beautiful in a lot of, of areas. You could say that as a parent, you've been given much and that you need to give more. But as Christians, we could not have been given more than the blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve the fact that He died on the cross, that He shed His blood, and that back in 1967, I prayed a simple little prayer in a restaurant, not even in a church, and Jesus came into my life, and I did a radical 180 because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and so... All of us have had that committed to us, and when we walk into it and receive Him as our Savior. And then as we talk about America, man, I love America. Man, I still get goosebumps. When that little girl sang last week, I got goosebumps. I tell you what, when we sang uh, songs about America today, I, I mean, I get goosebumps. I love America. But I think what we have to realize, and we're seeing, and I've lived long enough now, probably... You know, in, in my recollection, uh, I've seen a lot of things happen. I mean, I can, I, I've seen te technological advances. I mean, I'm using an iPad today. It's, I'm a little herky-jerky with it, and actually I have this in the notes section, and my son will have to show me how to move it over to the other section, and I'll use that. But, but technology, uh, uh, heard our President Kennedy say, someday we're going to walk on the moon. I saw the, the, the Berlin Wall come down when President Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear that wall down. We've seen a lot of history making things happen. I can remember as uh, uh, a little first grader, and actually it was sort of a rough time for me. It was, uh, I, I attended three uh, schools when I was in the first grade. And uh, every one of them was somewhere else, and that put me in all kinds of different places. It was a special uh, teacher in Sturgeon Bay that really saved my bacon, or I probably would have spent a number of years in first grade. <laughs> but uh, uh, I can remember 
going to class up in Elson Bay, Wisconsin, and, 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 and seeing a Bible on the desk of the teacher. And I can remember a time of, 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 of prayer, and I mentioned it last week, saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and, you know, we didn't take out, in God we trust. And you, you've seen all of these things happen. And last week when I talked to you about how President Reagan in 1983 declared 1983 the year of the Bible, and that from both sides of the political aisle, the leaders were willing to sign and say, yes, that's what America is all about. Fast forward, what is it, 28 years if you do the math. And we see a big change coming. And we have to stand up and we have to educate. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I want to believe God. And I want to read the Scripture again. It isn't going to be a long message, but I want you to get this. And I believe this is a word to the Christians in America. It's a word to you and I today. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much is committed. And I, I really believe that that's a specific rhema word for the church of Jesus Christ in the United States of America. We have had much committed to us. Of him, or of that church, or of you and I, corporately and individually, of him they will ask more. A broad and yet specific verse speaks to us today. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that as we take your word and as we apply it to America, Lord, I thank you for America. Lord, I thank you for this great country. I thank you for those who left Europe to come to America. Lord, I thank you for the battles that have been fought and the victories that have been won for America. And Lord, I thank you that we have the freedom today to gather in this room, this rented room. We have the freedom to build another building, to buy land, to uh, acquire a congregation of people who want to see their city and their world changed. And now, Lord, we pray that because much has been committed to us, first, you made a commitment by sending your son. Secondarily, we made a commitment to receive him. And third, today, we are Americans, and we have an opportunity like never before to take a stand in the weeks and the months and the years to come. And we're going to do it. And we're not going to be frightened. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Turn this back on. There we go. The pushes buttons. It's so cool. I can't believe it. Are you ready? You know, when God looks down on the world, on the globe, He doesn't see America or the United States of America as as that large population base. How many know what the largest population base in the world is today? China. 1.335 billion people in China. They have the longest history of, of government that's gone from one particular group to another, but it's, it's in a continuum. And it's not, it's not a great place even though a lot of you are wearing stuff that was made there today. Are you with me? It is oppressed. People are oppressed. It, it's, it's, it's tough there. Are you there? And then the next, what is the second biggest culture? Do you know? India. 1.1 billion 
people. And only the last 60 years have they had, in, in the, and there's hundreds of languages and, and different political things going on, but only in the last 60 or so years have they ever ha had any kind of freedom. You know, what makes America so special? Freedom. Free to get up here. Free to say and state unequivocal facts about our country and about our lives and about our Bible and be able to, to shout it and, and to believe it and stand on it. Freedom. Political and economic opportunity. Wow. Praise God. Man, we've got it. It's, it's wonderful. It's great. I pulled up today this from the Statue of Liberty. There's a plaque written on the Statue of Liberty by a poet named Emma Lazarus. Sort of interesting, the last name. <laughs> you know, Lazarus, he rose again. And I'm, I'm really believing. Listen to what this plaque on the Statue of Liberty says. Not like the brazen altar of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here our sea washes, sunset gate shall stand. A mighty woman with a torch whose fame is the imprisoned lighting and her name the mother of exiles. From her beaconed hand glows wide and welcome, her eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomps, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free, the wretched refuge of your teeming shores. Give me your homeless, your tempest-tossed. I lift my lamp on golden shores. Think about it. Really what America is. I mean, actually, some of the initial people coming in, nothing against your relatives that might have come over and come through Ellis Island, but I'm telling you what, it were poor people that had a dream. It was people that wanted to have religious freedom. It was people that wanted to have political and economic opportunity that were being squelched. And America was that beacon of we can go there. We can make something. We can come and barely have a couple of bucks in our pocket when we land. But then we can turn that into a dream and we can see our families have freedom. America. The population of America, I looked it up as of last year's census, 330 million. 330 million. And then we look at what we have. It really, what we have is what the world wants to have. Are you there? It's what the masses in the world really want to have. No matter what form of oppressive government they're under, they want what we have. They want and desire political freedom and economic freedom. And in the midst of that whole thing, God has raised up a church. You see, you can go places. I remember when uh, Chad led a group to China from our church when we were here in Green Bay. And that they'd have to go, when they went to the state church, they had to go at a specific time and they were really under scrutiny. And even in China today, a lot of the people that are making what you wear and what you pick up at Walmart. Are you with me? Hello. I think it's time we start buying American, by the way. I think it's time we start, we start to thank God for ABC News. And you know, I don't say that often, but thank God for that thing built in America that they're doing. Are you with me? But you know, here's the, everybody wants to come here, but yet in, in China, they, they have to register in the state church. 
And it isn't the kind of church that we have here today. They're very regulated in what they say and what they can do. But yet tens of millions of them are gathering at midnight and at three in the morning and, and they're coming in and one at a time and, and jamming by the hundreds into uh, homes and, and places and fields to worship and have what our country stands for. Now, if you were a thinking enemy of God and what's going on, what would you try to stifle the most in the world today outside of our personal stuff? You would want to stop America. You'd want to stop what we stand for. You'd want to sniff out the light. Now, I want uh, the lights to be turned off for a moment in here. And I, and I want those other candles there to be blowing out. Thank you. You can see this, can't you? Doesn't light much, maybe gives a little candle power to my face. But when you look at this, this is really probably proportionally what America stands for in a dark world. And if history is true at some point, it's gone. Turn the lights back on. Why am I saying that? If you study history, Nations like ours, or the, 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 the nations that have tried to have freedoms, or all kinds of cultural nations, they have been destroyed from the inside. They have been destroyed by moving away from the very precepts that made them great. And as I told you in living all these years and seeing all the things that I have seen and the changes in, in, in the political climate, what are we seeing today? Oh, we hear good things. But if we can just get God out of there, if we can just get mentions of God out of there, if we can just go to Washington and eliminate all of those tremendous statements, I don't know what they're going to do with that Supreme Court thing because taking the Ten Commandments off is going to create a real mess when they have to chisel that off the side. You see, so what we need to do is we need to keep the light burning. And when the light starts to flicker, whenever and Jan's really into candles. Man, we have got candles, candles, and more candles in our home. And my daughter's into candles. In fact, when she had her first little apartment, she lit so many candles with so much soot coming off them that it was like 500 bucks to repaint the place because there was soot all over the place because all the candles she was burning in the house. She got the candle disease from my wife. But Jan's a little sharp, sharper from experience. Whenever those candles start to flicker and they start throwing off the wrong stuff, what does she do? She trims the wick. You know, it's time that we get back and we trim off the bad stuff and we start moving forward. Remember, America's not normal. America's only 225 years old. Do the math. 225 years old tomorrow. And we see this unbelievable thing happening in history. And what, what are we supposed to do? What's the answer? Last week I told you that America was a church relocation project. Why? Because religious freedom was being oppressed in Europe. That's why they came. That's why as America began to develop, I can't remember, I was going to look it up this morning, but there was a, a very famous man came to observe what was happening early on in America. And as he observed our government, and as he observed our armaments, as he observed everything else, 
He went back and reported it was none of those things that was the genius of America. What he quoted was it was what he heard from the pulpits. The message of the Word of God. The uncompromising, it never changes message of the Word of God. And you see, my friends, we don't have to go out and talk about the politicians moving away from the biblical stance. That, oh, that's easy to do. We as pastors need to stand in front of the mirror and look at ourselves and say we are the ones that can trim the wick. We are the ones that can communicate to our people, God, get a hold of them, move us back. You see the poor, the destitute, literally the garbage of mankind that came through Ellis Island, garbage from other places was reworked here because of a country, one nation, under God. Somebody say amen. amen. A little to-do list as we close the message this morning. Teach your children the principles of America. You know what's very sad? I was talking to Brooke, our daughter who does the children's ministry at City Church in Salt Lake. And she said, Daddy, it's shocking that the kids coming into her, first, what is it, first through fifth grade? Is that what it is? First through fifth grade, they don't have a clue about the Bible. They don't have a clue. I mean, it's very, very sad. Is it their fault? No. It's mom and dad. But now we're seeing a generation of parents who don't have a clue about the Bible. You see what I mean? So you need to begin to teach your children what America is all about. What it stood for. How it started. Teach it to your children. It was, it was taught by godly. There were godly people that came here. The reason they came was not to find another country or, or drill for oil or build cities and buildings. They wanted to have a church where they could hear Jesus Christ is number one. He died for your sins and he wants into your life. There are great principles. David Gothier is here. He's, David is one of the... I mean, I've been all over the country and around and preached in different places. But Dave Gothier has sets of documents that you need to read to your kids and show your kids so that they can, so they can bring them to school and stand up in school. Are you there? There wouldn't be this big thing about uh, trying to get, uh, what do they call it, vouchers to get your kids so you could choose a Christian school. You see, when the Bible was still on the desk of the public schools and you were still praying in the public schools, you didn't need to fiddle with vouchers. Hello. Teach it to your children. Start to share your faith. That's the second thing. Aware. I've been really working on that. I'm not done yet. It's really just beginning to bubble in me. One of my neighbors, and, and even on my walk in the morning with my dog, a little bitty dog, it probably looks funny. I'm 6'4", the dog's about 8 pounds, pulling me down the street. But I kept, meet, I kept meeting Jim on the walk. Hi, good morning. Eventually we stopped. Eventually we talked. About a week and a half ago, I put one of my books, The Favor Factor, in his mailbox, told him I was going to do it. He stopped me the other morning and says, can we talk? You see... 
being aware. And all of a sudden, he wanted to talk about some of those principles of the favor of God. And he said, years ago, I read about the prayer of Jabez. And he said, I love that little prayer of Nehemiah 11. We need to get aware of what's going on around us, not only in sharing our faith, but we've been asleep at the wheel when it comes to being aware of what's going on in our country. We have just fallen asleep at the wheel. And we don't realize that this country that's only 225 years old, that has sent missionaries and, and, and preached the gospel, that slowly but methodically the enemy would want to take and ruin it. Talk about freedom. I read somewhere in Argentina, the government makes business people have their books submitted every two weeks. There's oppression everywhere. There are parts of this country that if you, of this world, if you share the gospel, they'll put their foot on your neck and shove your face down into the mud. Do you want that to happen here? No. Teach it to your children. Share your faith. Really, what's needed in America today is a massive move of the Holy Spirit. People coming to Jesus by the tens of thousands. We can turn this thing around. We can clip the wick. And get the fire burning. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Teach prayer. Teach prayer. As we've already mentioned, Pastor Ryan is starting a series on prayer next week. And he'll talk to you about all the facets of prayer. He'll talk to you about praying with your understanding. He'll talk to you about praying in the Spirit. He will talk to you about teaching prayer to your kids. He'll talk to you about teaching prayer in every area. That you can pray. The Bible says we should pray continually. We have to pray. And we have to lift up the leadership. You know something, friends? God only moves through delegated authority. And if you begin to teach that to people, that doesn't always mean you have to agree with them. I don't always agree. In fact, probably not a real lot with our president. But I pray for him. Are you there? You have to pray for those in, in leadership, the Bible says. you got to pray... You pray for your pastor. You pray for, you pray for anybody that's in leadership. You pray for your teacher if you're a student. You pray for your principal. You begin to pray. You pray for those leadership positions. And then you pray that God would move and touch people. Because all of a sudden when you come to Christ, your, your opinion on so many things changes. It will cost you. It will cost you something. In my little message, aware, people don't believe this about me. My mother's here. I've said it. I'll say it again. She had six children. I was the middle. I was the shyest. I tried to be funny to cover that. Yeah, a little bit, you know. But, but what really launched me and gave me some guts was when I went to Bible college and I sold cookware door to door wherever cookware. Ron Susky. Ron was one of the guys that trained me. So if you don't like me, blame Susky sitting right over there. Ron would skip into places and sell his cookware and I'd skip in behind him and we had a lot of fun. But I was frightened. But they had a statement that I've never forgot. And it's true. The statement was this, good things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't good. Are you there? We were at the dollar store the other day. 
our grandkids are building. We bought four wiffle balls for a dollar. And my little grandson, Ethan, all Casey, Babe Ruth of him, we got him a plastic bat, went out in our front yard with our four wiffle balls. And after about four or five stinging pokes, the wiffle balls came into two pieces. I went over to the thing, made in China. Hello. Ah, hello. But what I'm telling you today, friends, there'll be a price to pay to have your kids serve God, like my kids serve God. There were times when my son did not like me. There were times I'm sure he snuck around, did a lot of things that I never heard about. I'm still getting some reports here and there. But yet we stood as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I had him crying in our family when I found that pack of Marlboros under the seat of his little Honda. I wasn't going to let him kill himself with those things. I smoked them before they put on the side of the pack. These suckers will give you cancer. Now they're going to, you know what they're doing now in the pack of cigarettes? They're going to put pictures of, of lungs of people who have lung cancer. Are you there? That's people, oh, 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 you know, hello. It will cost you something. It will cost you. Even what I'm saying today might have some of you say, I don't want to go to a church like that. But the reality is, friends, this is the kind of church you need to go to. A church that will give you the straight scoop. Let's trim America's flickering wick. Aristotle said this, and I close with this, and you can stand up. It's about time. I usually bother me earlier. Get sit down here. My goodness. He, he's usually trying to... He starts playing at 5 to 11 to get me... Now, Dave's a great guy. Aristotle said this, the future is like a wild animal. If you just sit there, it will devour you. You see, if we just sit here, America, the wildness, the craziness that we see, what we saw happen in the legislature in New York this last week, I want to tell you, I love everybody. I love you whatever side of the aisle you're on. I love you wherever you are, whatever your sexual orientation is. I love everything about what God created. But I'm not going to steer away from the book just to make you feel good. Are you with me? You see, I think we've sat too long in the parlor it's that American living room where we've let the wild animal run rampant. And it's time. It's time to reassert ourselves. And I believe that there's something stirring, that there's a desire in the hearts of men and women, and they don't even realize what it is yet. But something is going to grab them. Just be aware. Be aware. Watch the rearview mirror closely. Then look down the road. Look to the right. Look to the left. And focus in. Too much is given. Much is required. A lot's been given to this little country. 
Let's not let the light go out. Let's continue to light up as Christians and stand up for the greatest country that has ever been witnessed in the history of mankind. Say it with me. God bless America. God bless America. I'd like you to bow your heads for a moment, please. Close your eyes. If you really want to get involved in teaching your kids and praying and understanding what God would have you to do, you have to, you have to, you have to have a real heart for it. As your heads are bowed, I'm going to have Nikki lead us in that song she started with us today. As we, and I don't want you to run out. I want us to sing it with her. I want, us, I want us to soak in it a little bit. But if you really want to catch it and you're here today and you haven't given your life to Christ, now is the time to give your life to Jesus. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want us all to pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you today to come into my life and forgive my sins so that I can be the best that I can be and in God's power through His Son, Jesus Christ and His blood I commit myself. Now here's what you need to do. You look up. If you prayed that with a sincere heart today, don't just leave. You're being birthed into the kingdom. It's just like these two babies that were born Friday and I think maybe both of them Friday. I don't know, Friday or Thursday. What would happen to that baby if, if the parents would just, you know, set it out on the front yard and say, go get a job, you know, and bring your paycheck home and everything's going to be cool and they'll be dead quick. It won't last long. You're new in this. Let us nurture you and bring you up so that you can grow into maturity in your walk for Christ. Now I'd like to do one other thing before we sing. How many of you today would say, you know what, Pastor Arnie, I've let what's going on around me lull me to sleep a little bit. And something is, I had to have my wick trimmed because the fire was flickering and I wasn't understanding. And I just want to, I just want to get after it. Put your hand up. Father, a lot of us have our hands up. Lord, I, I think it's time we start getting in trouble for those things that count. And Lord, we, we mentioned in the message, it's going to cost us something. Lord, God bless America. Lord, God bless this church and every church in Wisconsin and around America. Lord, reprogram, reformat pastors. Because there's a lot of guys that were shouting from the housetop that are dying or their time is getting short. And I look at the calendar and I realize that in my own life. I pray for my son who's here today. I pray for Pastor Ryan. I pray for others that I've been able to to influence Pastor Dale and I could go on and on and on. I pray God that they would keep straight and strong. Let them buck against that which would eventually crush them and their kids. I want to see my little grandsons, the two that are here now and the one that will be born in a few weeks, to be able to be raised in a nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Let's listen to this and then let's join you. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Make sure you stop by. The visitors, if you're visiting, pick up a book. God bless you. Amen.